People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. This the 290th episode. When Chrissy hopped on backstage immediately, I thought to myself, this is going to be a good interview. And I'll tell you why it's going to be a good interview, because we're being real with one another. We got to the point in the conversation where we were talking about whether or not if a client pays more for a website, that changes the perception of the person working on that website. And to be honest with you, if I'm a web developer and someone comes in and they're like, we just sold a $20,000 website, the whole brain chemistry, like cocktail of emotions and the whole thing is going to feel and be different for me than if someone comes in and says, that's a $3,000 website. It changes me um, and it changes the way I'm going to interact with that website, build that website, the amount of time I'm spending with the client, that sort of thing. Same sort of thing. You walk into like a BMW BMW car lot, like it just feels different than walking into a Ford car lot, that sort of vibe. Anyway, point is that uh, I am very excited to introduce our guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The honest, the truthful, the one and only Chrissy Robinson. (laughs) Hi, everyone. (laughs) I love the intro. Let's go. So you're building websites, you're turning away some internet marketing clients a little bit. Um, We can talk about that in detail, but uh, let's start with the websites. How much do you charge for a website and how do you arrive at that number? Yeah, I love that question. So I charge anywhere. So like I said in the beginning, we have like a a starter package, right? This is for more geared towards that new entrepreneur, that startup who just needs kind of a face online. That starts at 2000. And then if we get into anything custom where you're getting the brand strategist myself come onto the project and we're meeting with you and building a page that's perfect for your audience and all that kind of stuff, we go through a lot of work. Um, That's starting anywhere from like three to four and as much as 13 plus, depending on what we're doing. Because as you can imagine, anything with tech, it's always a little... And when people ask me for price ranges, it's like when I give that to a client, when I give them like anywhere from 2000 to 15000 they're like, <laughs> where am I? And I'm like, I don't know until I talk to you. Uh, but how we come up with the price is, well, one, I have a pricing calculator that I use. I've built myself over the years. Um, I put in my team's time, the effort, the complexity, and then most importantly, value to the client. So like I always factor in like some of the functionality that we're building. So say, for example, if we're building a site, and it's just kind of like a redesign, it's going to be a lot lower than something that maybe has like some booking. Maybe it has um, like a, a CMS system where CMS system, a CMS where we are integrating with different APIs. It just depends, right? Based on like the value to the client, but that's typically how I price. I start with my calculator always. So in my calculator, I factor in labor materials, um, which are usually nothing with a website. <laughs> um, my operating expenses, merchant fees profit like four times and uh i think that's it i think that's yeah. all that's on there so if i am an entrepreneur mm-hmm. what happens if i just go to fiverr and i i find some dude who can build the website for 350 bucks he lives in pakistan and he's got a 4.9 star rating and i i mean i'm an entrepreneur it's whatever I just want a WordPress website, just put it up there, you know, do me a solid. And I go through it. Are there people out there where that is great? Like, yes, very happy with my Fiverr experience. Hooray for me. I think so. I think some, well, here's the thing. 
do you know, like, let's just say, do you know the most gourmet steak you could possibly eat in your life if you've never even seen it or know the cuts or like the flavors or how it could be seasoned? No. But is the steak that's sitting in front of you good enough? Sure. I'm sure it, it fills your belly. I'm sure it it does whatever it needs to do for the moment. So I think at some point when it becomes a need to the client, it's all that we should really be worried about. And I think most times, more often than not, they will realize in their business when they need more. They'll realize if they're paying attention, right? Because we all know the business owners that don't. But if they're trying to stay current, if they're trying to, and not current from a design perspective, by the way, I mean more of a technology perspective, automating certain processes in your business, streamlining certain processes in your business. If you're trying to stay current and keep kind of constantly improving your business and helping your site and your online presence in general to improve things, at some point that $350 site isn't going to do it for you. And not because of the price of it, but we can only assume that the functionality is very limited at $350. Like you get what you pay for. So you're probably going to get some WordPress template and they're going to fill it in with the colors and that's it. They're not going to talk to you about who your audience is. They're not going to talk to you about what the site needs to do. What could it do? You're not even going to know what the options are. Yeah. So yeah, it, for me to be just super duper honest, um, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people where I think that's the path. I really do. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who have an idea. I mean, I used to teach this um, certain nonprofit where people would come in and literally it would run the gamut between guy who folds his arm and sits in back and doesn't say anything and doesn't want to share his business idea because he thinks it's the best idea ever. And if he were to mention it to anyone that we couldn't possibly, you know what I mean? There's that guy. Yeah. And then there's sort of like dude with idea that's not that great who's really excited about it. Like you see, it's like, it's like a, Place of plastic, but you can put your flyers in it for trade shows. You see, I'm like, I'm not a big fan of the idea. And, and it's hard to say that to someone who's really excited about this idea. And here's the thing. Watch me be wrong. Fine. You know what I mean? I've seen thousands and thousands and talked to thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs. I'm not going to get it always right, but there's that type. Um, and, uh, you know, for a lot of those people, it's like, yeah, $3,500 website doesn't make a lot of sense at all uh, because I don't think the idea itself is that great. And backstage um, you, and, and by not that great, I mean, you may become one of the most successful entrepreneurs I've ever met through learning through this particular experience and you should be loved along the entire path. But part of that love is what I learned being a father, which is sometimes you're like, no, you don't get a jelly sandwich at 1030 at night because that's not good for you and brush your teeth. It's that kind of love. Like, did you brush your teeth today? Did you floss? Do mm -hmm. you have a client? Is that client paying you? How much exactly. has that client? You know what I mean? That sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your uh, first client. What did you have to do to get the ball rolling for people out there that are kind of first client yeah. ever? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, you were like, you're that person now who's like, I can't spend $3,000 on West. That's crazy. There's no way I would ever do that. And you're looking for those initial bits of business. Where'd they come from? Well, I, I will say that I didn't start charging that much. Like, I didn't come No, right of course not. Yeah. That much. But I would say the, uh, I, again, I think this conversation really boils back down to price versus value. So, like, once I began, because I would say in the beginning stages of my business, I was, like my client under the impression that the site was what they needed when it's not right. So like most people, when they're looking for a site, there's actually a real business problem they're trying to solve. And they believe that the site is going to solve that problem. So 
I did the work as a brand strategist. I've done the work of client interviews and documenting what they say and transcribing it. And through that, I found that the real problem for most business owners is like one of three things. It's either getting more sales, growing their team, or like expanding in some other way, whether that's locations. It's essentially exposure. Whether it's client facing or internal, it's exposure getting bigger. So with that being said, when you learn how to kind of pivot the conversation in a consultation to that need, like I barely talk about the site inside of the consultation, believe it or not. I call it a discovery call. I'm very rarely, we're not getting on the call to talk about all the pages of your website. That's really insignificant. So like, I haven't really had this issue of like, most times when people don't move forward, they have every intention to, or we point them in a different direction. Meaning like, um, like I will very quickly give someone the resources to hire on Upwork or Fiverr or something like that in a heartbeat. I do it all the time. I'm like, I will meet someone where they are and people respect me for that. And I have a really good reputation because of it. So for me, when we usually come to that, like um, that road of like work with us or don't, it's usually something that we both arrive there together. Like literally, I don't really have a hard time. And I'm not saying this to be cocky. I don't have a hard time closing. My issue is more like lead qualification, getting the right people in front of me. If the right person is sitting in front of me and the site will solve their business problem, the actual problem they have, let's do it. And I usually don't have any issues with that. So for me, and I can even look back now, back in the day before when I was charging like this and I was thinking like this, when I changed my mindset around my business, yeah, I had a hard time like trying to sell a, a $1,000 site because I, I was under the impression like my clients that it was, but I didn't make the connection. You know, I was like, yeah, they're coming to me for a website, so they must need one. So let me talk to you about this great website I'm going to build for you, but not drawing it back to the, to the real problem because I wasn't asking the real problem. Yeah. I think it is so interesting. I, for the longest time and yeah, you're, you're, it's fascinating to see all the enlightenments you've had. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, I, I feel like, and I talk about this all the time, um, that so spirituality gets kind of like boxed over here as sort of this, you know, but um, there, like the business can be for me, I'll just guarantee you for me, it's been a spiritual path because what you're realizing is how do I actually help this human being avoid suffering and make their life better? How do I do yeah. that? And so that's the, that's the fundamental baseline question and then you, you know, listening to them, you kind of go, okay, like, and then there, there's this trap along the path to enlightenment of like being the helper. I'm going to help you, you know, and I, I hear it all the time in sales environments where people come in and they start talking about all the ways that they're going to help them. And then like, literally I was on a call the other day with this garage door company and one of my staff was concerned that the, the um, client in question wanted a certain thing. And I was just like, Hey guys, what do you want? And I listened. And he answered the question, which was, no, our fears are completely unfounded. We don't have to do that thing at all. All of those fears that we were having this discussion internally, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. However, her next comment had to do with that fear because she was still in that sort of thinking about that is his thing. And I, I had to, in the call, say like, no, he, he just mentioned it's not a problem. You know what I mean? It's, it's that sort of reactivity. And so, yes, selling, client communication, and Buddhism are the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say for sure. I would say that my my business or let's say entrepreneur journey, whatever you want to hashtag it, 
I would say that has very much so shaped me into the person I am today, which would in fact mean that it is definitely a spiritual journey you take, regardless of what you believe in. Because I always say business, if anything, holds up a mirror to your face and asks you like, do you like what you see? And if you don't, you have two options. You change it and you push forward or you go back <laughs> to nine to five or wherever you were before. But the thing why it pushes you so much is because you choose to do it. Whereas everything else you're kind of required to, like you're required to work a job and make pay your bills. You're required to show up, you're required. But business forces you to create the structure, the discipline, everything that it needs yourself. You have to be all self-motivated, self-structured, self, whatever, discipline, all the things. So it really pushes you. And I mean, spirit, That I mean, that's the only way to really drive forward. You know, so I think that's 100% dead on for sure. Well, good. I'm glad we're on the same page because I I bring about it a lot and it doesn't resonate with everybody. I'll mention it and it just falls flat a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's good to have a kindred spirit in that regard because I I swear, I swear on the very essence of who I am as a a soul um, is that it is is this epic. Because look, it's easy to look at someone who dedicates their life to meditation in a cave somewhere somewhere in the Himalayas as, oh, look how holy that is. And then there are people that will turn to that person and listen to their words of wisdom and say, yeah, but I have kids. I can't meditate. And of course, the holy person's response is like, no, that's your path. Don't you understand? Like those children that, you know what I mean? For me, it's the silence of the cave and the fly that keeps, you know, like sitting on my nose. That's what I have. That's my path. That's my particular training in this moment. For you, it's the loud kids and the YouTube videos and them wanting sugar at 1030 at night. And it's, it's, it's still the path. You know what I mean? And your reactivity to it um, is really what's being called into question. Um, we have one negative review. <laughs> we have one <laughs> negative review. And, uh, and dude, he, uh, this, this particular gentleman went, he, I mean, he went, you know, did the whole thing. And I swear to you, I would be on a call with him and he would make a point. I would address that point. And then he would make the same point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, very confused. I was like, okay. And then, and then I would address it again. And I, and these conversations would last like three hours and I would sit to myself and I'd go, I don't, I'm just at a complete and total loss. Like, I, I don't know what, ha- what can you do when the person you're talking to can't hear you or doesn't like continuously doesn't understand you. And when he left that one star review, I was like, he's right to do that because I was unable to communicate with him. I couldn't do it. I, I tried. I tried my hardest, uh, you know, and I left my final like response as a respond as owner, you know, being like, we talked about all of this <laughs> like nine yeah. times. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so I'll take responsibility for that because I just I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I, I've definitely had those scenarios. Um, and I would say, at least within my own company, we're constantly looking at situations, even on a micro scale, because I'm sure like in the very early stages, there was evidence of that. But you were probably so like deep in trying to get the sale, deep in trying to get the client, the whatever, solve the problem, whatever you were focused on, you weren't really paying attention to it, per se. And then when it became a problem, probably when the, the timeline started to get extended, there was frustration there. So then we were like, no. You know, I feel like that's always factored in. So a couple of things that I do now for me, it's just like doing good business and business with integrity. Right. So one of the things that I'm known for 
is managing expectations. Everyone on my team is groomed the same way. They, they understand that when we're communicating with clients, we're constantly over communicating because I believe in like nothing clarifies like clarity. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. Really great example. Even within my team, we do the same thing um, at the end of one of our meetings today. I asked both people in the meeting what just happened and they said two different things and it's not really their fault. To be 100%, when you know how the brain works, which is a lot of research that I've been doing a lot lately, it's not our fault. Our brain is like, you're not even hearing what I'm saying right now. This should blow your mind because it blew my mind when I learned it. You are listening to it through a filter of your own mind. That's why like if you take notes when someone's writing, you tend to take it and put it into your own words and not what's actually being said. So I think one of the things that helped me in that same scenario is one, going back and listening to my calls and making sure that I'm communicating in a way that's very clear because we, there's so many different ways to say things in the English language. It's not 100% everyone's fault. Um, and then another thing too is like sending recaps after every call, this is what we discussed, right? Um, I don't really have too many issues with that just because we've implemented so many things on the micro scale when it was happening, like in the calls or even in email communication, like I over communicate intentionally. Um, another tip I would say too is like what you probably do, but project kickoffs to kind of set expectations to say like, this is what we are doing. This is what we aren't. This is your chance to bow out. No, no, no emotions here. Like just let us know this is what we agreed to do. This is anything that's on your contract that might be challenging. And people really respect it. The way they even approach our working relationship is different because of the way I structure myself. I'm a firm believer in people or you teach people how to treat you. Therefore, they will teach or treat you how they how you taught them to treat you. Right. So if you apply everything in a way, my clients will not do stuff like that to me. It just it just won't happen. I haven't knock on wood. Don't get me wrong. There's no, no such thing. I'm sure someone's going to be unhappy one day. Right. One day they're going to leave a review. But for the most part, I'm able to manage a situation where I'm able to even when things go wrong. Right. We have a project right now that we've been working on since April. April. Holy crap. And in communicating with that client, I'm very direct about like, hey, we need to do this. We can't do this. We can't do this. We're already past this. This is what it's going to be. So I think it's all about like handling situations delicately and knowing how to assert yourself where people know how to treat you. Like for me, and I tell my team all the time, I have their back 100%, 100%. Like I will never be that person that's like, oh, well, the client wants this. Like we need to just do this. No, no. I will push back on the client all day long and say, we can do this on the next project or we can do this in phase two of your application or something like that. But I don't know. Those are just some suggestions that I would say, but without knowing like the real details, I can honestly say I haven't been through like the, the tail end. There was a couple times I had some, some poor issues with clients, but I know why that was. And that was going to be my, my final point too, is it could have also been just where he was in life at that moment. That's a real thing. Like we got to understand, like if we're working with entrepreneurs as stressed as you are, right, on a day to day, month to month, whatever, we go through our cycles, right? Everybody's stressed at some point. If you were to sit here and tell me you're not stressed about your business at some point, I know you'd be lying. So same thing goes to him, right? If we show a little bit of empathy, he's invested some money to him. It's probably a lot. He's invested some money to get something done. It wasn't done to the way that he thought. And so with all the other demands of life, maybe new baby, new this, new that, whatever. That's just the thing that had to give, you know? That's oh, the yeah. thing that, that's the last like 
uh, what do they call that name? Like Jenga. That was that stick. Yeah, and unfortunately, you were like the person to catch it. Unfortunately, hey man, it's like yeah. Again, it's all spiritual, and like I use the word spiritual where my scientist friends would say psychological. It's fine. Yes, ne- neuroscientific, like whatever you want to call it, um, whatever makes you happiest. Um, but that's the game, and I was into chess, like intensely for a while i got up to the 90th percentile on chess.com right um for certain sort of whatever it's called blitz it doesn't matter and um and chess taught me a lot like you have to sacrifice the queen to win sometimes right which is gnarly like nobody wants to do that it's scary you're like ah you know um or that the best chess players are positional they'll look at a position that most people go it's equal they have the same amount of pawns we have the same amount of pawns they've got the same amount of horses we got the same amount of horses um, they're called knights. That's a joke. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, but, but positionally one, one team or one, you know, one side is just dominating the other, but you just can't see it. You just can't see it unless you see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so as, as we move forward with, with client relations, my strategy, I, it sounds like you are heavily involved in the whole song and dance and that I love that. And I'm a little bit jealous of it because I, I took a, a cue from this dude named Ram Das. You can check him out. But his big thing was extrication. He kept using this word extricate. Extricate yourself from the process. Extricate yourself from identifying with the body. See yourself as a soul. So this stuff like this, right? And so I fell in love with this idea of, okay, whatever I'm doing, I need to stop doing that because it's not that hard. Okay? It's not impossible. If I can do it, psh, someone else can do it and they can do it better than me. Okay? So I'll just keep finding somebody to do whatever that stupid thing that I think no one else can do. And I'm so good at it is, and I've done that like 15 times. Okay. Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening. It keeps happening, keeps happening. And then these last two or three are the ones that have really stretched me because then I go, what do I do? Right. I, I wrote the book, you know, that was the thing. Oh, and I have time. I'll write a book. I did that. You know, don't have another book in me. Sorry. Just don't, I can sit there. I just, I just nothing. There's nothing there. Right. There's just nothing there. So I, it's not going to be another book. The pandemic squashed a lot of my public speaking stuff. Like I speak at universities sometimes, but what do you do? And then I'm like, I'll start a show. Right. So now I'm doing the show and doing the whatever. But what I find is all of the, the, the yummy, you know, sort of like in the trenches fighting stuff that you're doing. I'm not in those anymore. I'm yeah. outside of those. Right. And what I've noticed is this, that's really scary because then I go, are my skills atrophying? Like, am I still, and, and I'll hop on a call um, just briefly and I'll do my little SEO thing, which is, I'm, that's my expertise. And then, and then I have to be very humble. I have to just shut the hell up. Right. Cause I'll do my little thing that I know I'm good at. And then Michelle and Todd, they roll up. They're like, Oh yeah. jQuery back when I was building databases for up, 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 up. And I'm just like, see, I think, but I think that's the difference. So I'm not in like, my team does everything. I'm not in like the, the day to day of the thing, but I have knowledge of, because that's my expertise. I have knowledge of what the working components are. And I've also very well documented and very much drilled into each of them. Right, we're training two people right now, so it's we're in that drilling season right now. But drilled into them, like what our standard of quality are, what we're here to do. We're not just making shit look pretty. Excuse me. We're not just doing that. You know, we're not just building a beautiful. Anybody can do that. I can I can find you a, a ten year old that can make you a nice side on something like Wix. You know, so I think for me, it's again, it goes back to like culture. 
Like that's my job is culture, culture, training, sales, of course, like I'm doing the same things. Um, but like I would say there's a, a clear handoff process and my clients know who they should be like reaching out to about what, which is just one person, by the way, it's the project manager. It's not even the technical people because they have a tendency to talk over a client's head. The client doesn't care about the databases and jQuery. They don't care about that. They just want to solve their problem and they don't care about the functionality. And also what I find, and just because I, I have a background working in tech, technical people tend to overthink. They, they, they can be something so simple, right? Like let's kill the spider on the wall or not kill them. That's a terrible example, but, and they're going to build you like some automation that's going to constantly slap the wall every 10 minutes when it was just one spider, you know? So I run into that a lot. So again, it's like driving culture. Hey guys, let's solve the problem. Let's not overthink it. So I'm more of like a fire putter outer on my team or a what are y'all doing? Get out of that whole little think tank y'all are in because it's not necessary. I'm all about simplifying things, making things real simple. Um, but I, to, to that degree, I am still so much in the company because the culture is very much driven by by me and kind of say, setting like the standards of what it means to, to be with Color Addict, to be a representation of that. I'm training my team. I'm... Um, I would say my day-to-day -day is very much like giving feedback. I still, as the creative director, I'm still like seeing the website. I have a QA tester. I don't test it or anything, but making sure it's still up to par of what, what we're putting out. So it's kind of like um, quality control is what I do. Mm -hmm. You own the company, right? Hmm? You own the company. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have partners or anything like that. Oh, me neither. Oh, dude. I was in a, um, I was in a company. Um, God bless him. And uh, the two owners, I, I was like, they are going to get a business divorce. I know it. I just, the writing's on the wall. This is never going to, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this is advice for anyone that's in a sort of like a small company who's like trying to navigate that. And if I hadn't successfully navigated that, I mean, we're talking eye of the storm. I'm in a leaky boat. It's going under. The Hindenburg's exploding. Like it's, it is bad. Um, <laughs> but I managed to like, <sighs> like jump out, parachute, life raft, like float to safety somehow. Uh, built my own website. Oh, it's, an, it's a gnarly tale. Um, and uh, looking back on it, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like I'm proud of myself. I'll put you that way. I'm proud of myself. In the moment, it was just like ah, and scary and all that sort of stuff. But uh, I'll just say that to the folks listening. It's like you can be proud of your accomplishments. You know what I mean? Like if you're an entrepreneur, like there's a part of that, that where it's like, yes, it is true that all paths lead to the top of the mountain. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're, we're going to tell you about our paths and what's working for us, but they're all different paths. Like you literally can't take the same path because you're at atomically, you'll be off by like X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, but they all lead to the top of the mountain and the view at the top of the mountain is the same for everybody. Like once you get there, you know what I mean? Um, if you're willing to, uh, you know, suffer a little bit. Um, but if you can take pleasure in the suffering, knowing that it's all part of that journey for that big payoff. Um, well, there you go. But anyway, 1058, I want to make sure you have chance to pitch selfishly as a capitalist. Who are you? Why should they hire you? Um, et cetera. So pitch them, tell them how they can reach you. Yeah. If you want to connect with me, you can either book a call on my website, coloradic.com. That's spelled with K's, K-O-L-O-R-A-D-D-I-K-T.com. Or you can find me on Instagram. I'm an open book. So ask me any questions. Are you on TikTok? No. 
got to get on TikTok. Are you actually getting leads from TikTok? I don't get leads from any social media. Are you kidding? I we sold we do you? Oh no, I gotta check out your stuff. Where are you getting leads from Instagram? Instagram, yeah. See, we gotta get you back on the show. I wanna hear all about your Instagram leads. Yeah, let's do it. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a staff member who got a million views on TikTok four weeks ago. So we're doing trainings and but that's easy to do on TikTok. That means nothing to me. What are you talking about? It's easy to do on TikTok. TikTok, trust me, it's easy to do on TikTok. I have clients that get like thousands and thousands of views, go viral on TikTok all the time. We are gonna we are we're gonna talk about this. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna yes. have this conversation next time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stringing by youtube.com forward slash standard rising marketing is foreign language, 10 30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, iTunes, Spotify. Y'all know the drill. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>